630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Here's a shot, and that missed over the crossbar, and now it's a race for the puck. Dry settle with Ajo back. Jordan is Archibald. Centering pass, Archibald. Richard score! Josh Archibald wins the game! 4-3 Edmonton in overtime! The Edmonton Oilers win again. 6-0 in the second game of back-to-backs. They go 2-1 on this three-game road trip. And at the moment, they are in first place in the Pacific Division, pending the outcome of the game between the Ducks and the Canucks. I can tell you Vancouver is trailing 3-1 after two. So if that score holds, Edmonton number one in the Pacific. Great game this afternoon. Caroline and Edmonton with the Oilers taking it 4-3 in overtime. Archibald scores twice. Three more points for Dreisaitl. He's up to 95 on the season. Carolina scored early. They took the lead. They were trailing late in the third. Were able to tie it up. An entertaining overtime. Mike Smith, a couple of huge saves. And ultimately, the Oilers prevail. First time they've won an overtime game since November 2nd when Dreisaitl scored in Pittsburgh. That was when Mike Smith was brilliant with 51 saves. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown. Hope you're having a great long weekend. It's two minutes after five. Man, Rob, that I mean, that's a legitimately... Good hockey game where I, I thought both teams were on their game. You saw some of the, the headline players come through with big performances. And then ultimately one of the support players gets a couple, including the game winner. Well, it was entertaining. What we missed in Florida yesterday is the Florida's best players didn't show up. And Leon and his linemates had a fantastic game, and it got the Oilers the victory. Today, Carolina's best players did show up. Sebastian Ajo was excellent. And we, we went into overtime. There was a fear. I said, well, you know, Ajo's got two goals already. What are the odds of him scoring the game winner to give himself a hat trick? He had an opportunity. And Mike Smith was up to the task. Uh, they needed, when you play against uh, good hockey clubs and you're missing a number of players in your lineup, you need certain things. You need strong goaltending. And Mike Smith, two times in overtime, stop breakaways. And you need your number one player. And that's Leon Dreisel to have a big game, and he did again. Ten points now in the four games since Connor McDavid has gone out with injury. He was excellent. Uh, he was absolutely dead tired, but found enough energy to get the puck and set up Archibald for the game winner. Uh, a, a highly entertaining hockey game. I, I, I mean, those are the ones that you, you know don't want to end because it was just from the moment of the first of the drop of the puck till the last goal that Archibald scored. You're thinking this is what hockey is all about. That's why you want the Oilers to continue this magic season that they've been having. And right now they are in first place because of this win. Sebastian Ajo, an excellent game for Carolina. He gets two goals and an assist. He had six shots on goal. 
Oscar Clefbaum plays minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes and 57 seconds in this game. Uh, Darnell Nurse plays 23-39. Tyler Benson gets his first NHL point. Yamamoto continues at a point-a-game clip as he gets a goal, came on the power play. He had three shots, 18 points in 18 games for Yamamoto. Did wind up uh, minus three. But, uh, I mean, just a spectacular hockey game. And Mike Smith... In overtime, uh, I mean, the guy just battles. So you're, I'm not saying he was written off in December, but people were looking for a pen, <laughs> including me some nights. But uh, he is 9-1-2 and two in his last 12 decisions. Yeah, and he, he, he talked about the fact that he wasn't letting in bad goals when he was going through a tough stretch in December. He just wasn't making the big save. Well, tonight, the big save is what saved the Edmonton Oilers and got them the extra point. Tara Vainen, who is a, a great young hockey player, he comes in with a breakaway early in the overtime and puts the puck right where he wanted. And Mike Smith gets a piece of it. Then later in the in the period, uh, Aho comes in. He, I mean, he is the best player for the Carolina Hurricanes. He already had two goals on the night. He breaks in on on a two on zero, turns it into a breakaway for himself. And Mike Smith makes a big save there. So big saves at the right moment give you gives your team a chance to win. And this isn't a one-off. Now this is. I mean, this is a, a stretch that Mike Smith has been on for the last month and a bit. That is allowing the Oilers to continue to put points in the board, even with four, five, six regulars out of the lineup. So uh, a, a great road trip. And this is one where the players will know on the plane ride home. You know what, this, was, this was road trip was special. We're 3-1 and one without Connor McDavid. Different guys are stepping up in different types of situations, whether it's penalty killers, goalies, guys playing 31 minutes, uh, physicality, blocking shots. And your number one player, Leon Dreisaitl, continuing to create and, and get the team the offense when they're kind of offense dried after the first line. And again, the special teams comes through for the Oilers. They go two for three on the power play, though another goal was scored one second after a power play expired. So really, they still had the man advantage. And the Oilers' penalty kill goes three for three, including two kills in the third period. Kara went off for a penalty. Cave went off for a penalty. Now, Carolina did ultimately tie it after that, but mm-hmm. but still the, the Oilers keeping them off the board on those penalty kills. Again, specialty teams has been the recipe for success for the Oilers this year. We we always knew that the power play was going to be good. I mean, even if they go through stretches in the last couple of years, when you're starting with Leon and Connor, you're going to have success on your PP. It's the penalty killing that and needed to improve, and it was addressed this summer by, by by Holland. And he went out and got players that would play in certain roles for this team and could improve their penalty killing. And Shane and Archibald are at the top of that list. It, it has been huge. I mean, they get some good saves, but when, when the penalty killing gets aggressive, and we see that once there's a bobble or once the puck goes to a certain position, they become aggressive, it, it all of a sudden shuts down any opportunities that the other power play is trying to get. So specialty teams has been great for the Oilers and needed to be because the Oilers right now with the lineup isn't a team that's going to get a lot of scoring depth. So you can't give teams freebies. You can't give them power play goals. The penalty killing excellent as it has been all season long. Final shots, 31-24 for Carolina. So Smith with 28 saves. James Reimer finishes with 20 stops. Shots in overtime, 5-1 Carolina. Well, you, you, you made sure that your one shot was important. Um, uh, that, again, that's, it shows, and it was an entertaining uh, 
overtime period. It was funny before it went into overtime. You and I are guessing, okay, which which Oiler is going to get to play up front because you're you only normally there's only four forwards that play for the Oilers. One of them is out, and you guessed. You said it, you know, probably Archibald with his speed. But not only did we see Archibald who scored the goal, we saw some weird. Uh, combinations. For the first time this year, we saw the Oilers go with one forward and two defensemen, as both Bear and Nurse played with Nugent Hopkins. For the first time that I can remember with the Oilers, at one point they went with three forwards. The dry saddle, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto line were all out there at the same time. Uh, you got Dave Tippett right now juggling and, and trying to figure out how to piece together a lineup with the number of injuries he has had, and he's done a, a fantastic job. He just seems to be pushing the right buttons with certain players and tonight because of that they got the two points. Nice moment for Tyler Benson gets his first career point assisted on Archibald's first goal of the game late in the second period that put the Oilers up 3-2. Benson plays 12-47 a shot on goal and he'll be keeping that puck and, and that that was a weird sequence that, that whole, I mean first of all Benson almost scored mm-hmm. off, a, off a Carolina player nearly deflecting it into his own net. Reimer got his pad on it and then Kind of the goofiness continued from there. Well, then Benson went to go forecheck and toe-picked, and he fell down. And then this is where it got silly for the the Carolina Hurricanes. Van Riemsdyk has the puck. He's got his one checker that is supposed to be taking him out on his butt as as Benson fell and was about 15 feet away. And for some reason, Van Van Riemsdyk carries the puck towards the guy that falls and then throws it up the boards, gives it away all the time in the world to get the puck out of their own zone, and then five seconds later, it's in the back of the net. So it's one of those ones where Benson wants a video of it, but he's going to have to edit it just <laughs> after he falls down and makes... He made a real pretty pass. And the one thing that we know about Benson and, and uh, have heard what he's done down in the minors, he's got nice hands. And he made a nice little saucer pass to Archibald. He froze the defenseman got Archibald to get the position that he wanted to and then put it right on his stick. And Archibald, uh, again, slow start to the season offensively. We've seen over the last couple months that he has the ability. We've seen, what is it, 15 goals he's had before in the National Hockey League. He has the ability to put the puck in the net because he scored two pretty goals in the game tonight. And Benson, I thought, I mean, only his fourth game, but to me that was the most comfortable he's looked playing with reliable line mates. You know you know pretty much night after night what you're going to get out of Sheen and Archibald. I always remember a, a quote I read from John Wooden, the great basketball coach who coached forever at UCLA and won thousands of games. He, there was a quote he had. He said, be quick, but don't hurry, but, but don't rush. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what Benson, and I'm sure a lot of young players have to f- figure out. you, you got to make plays quick but don't rush plays, and I thought he did a way better job of that today. Well, and it's one of those things you can tell a player, but until a player is in that position, it's hard to really understand how fast the game is at this level, how quickly guys close off passing lanes, how quickly they get in on a forecheck, how good players are up in the National Hockey League level at getting sticks in in lanes and knocking pucks down, and it takes a little bit to, to understand that, and the more ice time Benson gets, the better he will be at this level. Because, again, it's tough to play six minutes and have an impact on the game, especially if your job is to create. In the last couple of games, he's got a little bit more ice time, playing a regular shift. He's earned the trust of the coaching staff. Again, a minute and a half to go in the game today in a tie game, an important game. Benson was on the ice ahead of a lot of other veterans. So he's gaining the trust. And and I know that, I think it was Jack talked about it, you got to start, giving some credit to the coaching staff down in the minors that the guys that are coming up to play at the National Hockey League level 
are not just coming up because, oh, this guy's got some points, let's bring him up. They're sound defensively. They understand what the role is, how to get pucks out on the, on the boards, how to support in the right areas. If you can do all those little things, you will earn more ice time, and then you'll be able to show what your other abilities are, and that's what you're seeing with Benson. So we've been asked what happens when players come back. Benson's trying to make a push for himself right now that when the Oilers get healthy, that he is able to stay in the lineup, and he's not hurting himself at all with the efforts he's put in the last two games. So 4-3, the Oilers take it in overtime. Trevor Ram- Van Riemsdyk scored 12 seconds into the game. Dreisaitl tied it at 6:28. That was the goal one second after an Oilers power play ran out. Aho got a breakaway, 5.39 into the second period, beat Mike Smith, and Yamamoto on the power play at 14.33. His shot hit the post, hit Reimer in the back of the leg and skittered over the line. And then 28 seconds later, Benson set up Archibald, 3-2 Oilers into the third. Aho, a one-timer to tie it with 5.02 to go, and then the entertaining overtime ultimately ending with the... Oilers victory and in that that top line for Carolina we talked about him before the game Svechnikov, Aho and Teravainen that's a good line it, it's good it's fast it's skilled um, they create things out of nothing uh, they're fun to watch and they they had a good game tonight they well they were plus you know they were plus on the night in a game that they lost whereas the Oilers top line I mean Nugent Hopkins had a minus three night tonight. He was on for three of the four goals, or actually all three goals against. So uh, the Carolina top line did what it had to do. Tonight, depth players were the difference. The Oilers' depth was a little bit better than Carolina's, and that's not something you would have expected coming into this game. And again, Leon had a fantastic night. But no, the, the Carolina top line is very, very good, and we got to see them at their best tonight. So the Oilers go to 32-21-6. Pretty good road record, 17-12-2. and And looking back on... I mean, this was, what, game 59 of the Oilers, so the first three quarters of the season. I think some of the signature moments for the Oilers have been road trips. They had a five-game road trip. They went 3-1-1. Uh, one and one. Another mm-hmm. one they went 3-2 on. And then this one they go 2-1 and one on. And mm-hmm. some situations where going into a game, you would have said, okay, you know, this could be tough. They had that back-to-back Vegas-Arizona weekend. Uh, they had the, the trips out where they're playing you know, Boston, Montreal, and, and Toronto in, in succession and, and finishing up in Calgary, though they though they lost that one. And and then this one without McDavid and playing, you know, a Florida team that can score, has been playing well, but can score, and a quick Carolina team, and more often than not, figuring it out. Yeah, well, I think we're starting to see that uh, the, the team is for real. It is a team that is capable of beating anyone in the National Hockey League. Uh, as long as it gets the goaltending, and it's been getting the goaltending on a consistent basis from both goaltenders. And I think that also helps you on road trips, too, when you're able to throw both goalies in there and feel comfortable. Uh, I think over the last number of years here, this is probably the, the best team that understands what their role is. I think in the past, there's guys that were put in positions that were outside their comfort zone. They had probably had players that didn't really appreciate the role that they were put in and, and, and didn't play it to a tee. But I think this team, it, it, they went out, they got a GM that went out and found players to play a certain type of position, and here's here's your role. They got a coach that has stressed it and made those f- players want to be the best at what they're capable of doing, and now the players are playing it to a tee. So this road trip has shown that they're capable of playing with the best and, and easily could have been a 3-0 and road trip with a bounce here or there in Tampa. Now they're coming home feeling good about themselves, understanding the fact that right now they control their own destiny. They are in first in their division. 
how they play the rest of the season. They do not need anybody else to win hockey games for them. They're capable of not only making the playoffs, winning division, if they continue to play as well as they've been playing. All right, 4-3, the Oilers take it in overtime. Now, Rob and I always give the fourth star based on the three stars picked in the arena, which were Dreisaitl, Ajo, and Slavin. So it's pretty easy for us to give Archibald the fourth star. We can give Benson a fifth star since he got his first point. I think we could give Mike Smith a sixth star. Uh, all courtesy West Point of Windermere, a private estate lot only community just off to Williger Drive. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Back to Archibald. I mean, he's, he's scoring. There's, there's no better way to impact the game than scoring. Mm-hmm. Goal, goal is the most important thing you can do. But as we've seen him, he, he is a fearless hockey player. Like, he really is. Well, for for a guy his size, I mean, it's it's one thing for a guy six foot four, two hundred and thirty pounds of muscle going into the middle of his scrum and just getting involved. Well, you, you should. I mean, you have no fear. You're the bigger boy in this one. But Archibald's not a big guy. He plays reckless. He's not afraid of anything. He gets involved uh, on every shift. He probably outside of Cassian, I think Archibald would be the second most uh, physically. Uh, dominating when it comes to throwing big, big hits. Uh, I think Benning and I think the three best are Cassie and Archibald, and, and Benning are the three open ice hitters. Uh, and we're starting to see in the last month and a half, two, that he's got hands. So, again, it, it was really scary when they announced Connor McDavid gone for two, three weeks. And then you got Neil gone. And you got all these players out. But the one thing that you get to do is you get to see what other players are capable of doing in different situations. And the one thing that we can come out of all of this. If the Oilers go become a playoff team, they now feel comfortable playing certain players and having no fear. You know what? We'll put Archibald out in an overtime. We'll put Archibald out in a, in a position where we're down a goal. We don't have to play our number one line five of the last six minutes right. anymore. There are other guys now that are stepping up, and Archibald is one of them that's leading them. Well, and Rob, I'm going to tee up for a word you talk about all the time. Belief. Mm-hmm. Now the Oilers have been in close games, and, and look, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But I mean, they got some nice padding here in the playoff race, and now they can they can draw on experiences where we've been in close games. We've played without Connor, and we've had to rely on our goalie, and we've been in a high scoring game, or we've been in a tight checking game, and we've gotten points out of those situations, as opposed to maybe like, uh oh, can we do this? Well, and. and- there's certain players that are always have belief. Leon Drysaddle, he has belief in himself. A guy like Mike Smith, he's been around. He has belief in himself. But there's other players that right now are just learning to have that belief. Uh, you, you look on the back end, two defensemen, a Bear and a Jones, are playing in huge games right now and playing big minutes and, and uh, have earning the trust of the coach. You have. They have belief that they can play against the Tampas, play against the Carolinas. Up front, you got guys like Shan and Archibald who now believe that they can play in, in certain moments and be factors offensively. A guy like Yamamoto, I mean, he was playing in, I don't even know what, I was going to name a minor league city, but I can't even remember. But he's playing for Bakersfield, not understanding if he's going to have an opportunity to play in the NHL this year. Now he's on the number one line in the National Hockey League. He has belief. And every game you see him play, he looks better than he did in the game before. So this team has belief in itself. And there may have been talk, and there's always talk. You'll hear Darnell Nurse will come out, you know, we believe in ourselves, or RNH, they believe in themselves. I mean, I've been in a dressing room. Those are things you're supposed to say. But what they've done over the last month, month and a half, now that those words are more than just words, there is belief, and you see it in their game. All right, the Oilers take it 4-3 in overtime. Great game this afternoon. Both teams went hard. 
Carolina tied it with just over five minutes to go. They had their chances in OT. Archibald finally wins it. We will have post-game reaction. Your feedback is welcome. You can call or text 780-496-0063. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Eric Hall's radio. 6.30 Chad. Eric Hall streaks in left wing centers. Risha save Smith on Ryan Dezingle. A spectacular stop. All right, Mike Smith, big performance in net for the Oilers. That's his save of the game. There were several options for that, courtesy of Jiffy Lou B.Y.'s Winter Rise as the Oilers take it 4-3 in overtime against the Carolina Hurricanes. So 2-1 and one on this three-game road trip. They'll host Boston on Wednesday, 5 o'clock face-off show. The game starts at 6.30. Hear it here on 6.30, Ched. And it's uh, going to be live from Rogers Place. Okay, before we get to the phone lines, back to Raleigh, North Carolina. Here's Coach Dave Tibbet. Dave, obviously a very resilient win by you. Yeah. No, you've got to be happy with you know, two games. It feels like a whirlwind. It feels like six periods in a game, you know. So it's uh, really happy for the guys. We, we competed hard. You know, we chipped a bunch of pucks around and just found a way to hang around the game. And uh got the one we needed at the end so some uh, some real good stuff some stuff we got to continue to clean up you know taking a couple penalties in the third when you got a lead in the offensive zone is not ideal especially when you're playing back to back but uh, I love the way our guys just kind of kept hanging around it and, and got the job done and we got four points and we'll go home and rest up for a couple days. Is the rest of the hockey world finding out about Leon, Leon Dreisaitl right now? Well I think they knew already but but you see that what what he's doing out there and the minutes he's carrying and and the effect he has on the game is unbelievable i was getting a little worried about him he was i kept watching him on the bench that last 10 minutes he's played a lot of hockey here in the last two days so uh but he came through made a great play in uh, in overtime and we got the win hasn't played too much in overtime why why throw him on the ice there obviously yeah uh, you're just looking for looking Stepping out of the box and trying to find something. He had a nice goal in the game, so I'd give him a try in, uh, in overtime. He's got some nice finish. He's got a guy, he's got some pretty good hands around yeah, the net. I thought that they, you know, he creates opportunities with his speed and tenacity, and then when he gets in tight there, he can score. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, a goal that you got early in the game, a great pass by Benson, and it's in a real nice finish in there. So he's, uh, he's played well all year. Team was confident that you could still win games with Connor McDavid. I suspect the rest of the league wasn't as confident. Uh, <laughs> well, if you look at it, just not McDavid. I mean, it's Neil, it's it's Russell, it's uh, Cass. You know, I mean, we got to have some pretty good veteran players out. You know, so uh, I love the way our guys have come in, though. And you know, like we talked about that next man up thing. I mean, even a guy guy like Granlin jumps in and played a real strong game for us tonight. So we've got guys that have jumped in and really uh, carried the torch a little bit. And it all comes down, we're, we're playing hard as a team, competing hard. The guys care about each other and they care about winning. And when you have good goaltending, a little bit of structure and some hard work, you can, it's amazing what you can do. If you're now 6-0 in the second back-to-backs, how and why? I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's such a big deal anymore in the league myself. I had a rant about that earlier in the year. So, uh, 
yeah, I just I like that we play hard. We we come in and we we compete hard just about every night, and and those back to backs. I think that's that extra challenge that uh, you you know that's in front of you, and our guys have responded well to it. All right, that's Dave Tippett, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, who win 4-3 over the Carolina Hurricanes in overtime. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. Allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Triple-A steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. Rob, we got a trade to tell people about? We do. The teams in the National Hockey League trying to take all the fun away from our trade deadline day here that you and I are going to have. Trades are happening in the National Hockey League today. One that just happened, and I know that Bob and Jack were talking about this player the other day, Blake Coleman of the New Jersey Devils, who I think having back-to-back 20-goal seasons. He just went to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Pretty good jump from him going from the New Jersey Devils to one of the best teams in the league, and Tampa gets better. Going the other way, Nolan Foote, who I believe is Adam Foote's son. I think he plays in POE out west here and a first-round pick. So Tampa gets Blake Coleman, and New Jersey gets Nolan Foote and a first-round draft pick. And New Jersey also traded defenseman Andy Green to the New York Islanders in exchange for defenseman David Quenville and a 2021 second-round pick. Yeah, David Quenville, he's a boy from around here who was a fantastic junior hockey player in the Western Hockey League. The New Jersey Devils are saying, we are done, we are getting younger, who wants our older players? All right, 780-496-0063, we have Rocket on the line. Rocket, go ahead. Reed, Rob, how are you guys? Pretty good. Reed, we spoke last night, and uh, I think we both agreed if they could uh, somehow siphon three points out of this road trip, that would be uh, that would be pretty amazing given who's out of the lineup. But to get four, are you kidding me? This is absolutely amazing. I would not be surprised if these two wins, we don't talk about them 15, 20 games down the road when it comes to who's in the playoffs and who's not and how big those two wins are. Just wanted you guys' thoughts on that. No, you're right. These are huge. It's kind of funny. On this road trip, the Oilers were beat up, obviously missing five, six players, depending on which game it was. The the game that they lost was a game that against Tampa, who was missing three of their best players. And the two games they won, they played full lineups of teams that uh, are desperate for points in both Carolina and Florida and look good in, in, in all three of the games. This it's funny. Every big road trip that the Oilers started this season where people were worried, oh no, is this the one that's going to sink the Oilers? This is a tough road trip. The Oilers have come back and, and played well and come back with above 500 records. I think people are starting to see that this Oilers team is for real. They get, they're getting goaltending. they got fantastic uh, specialty teams that they've had all season long. And when you lose Connor McDavid, you're like, oh, oh. But this is a team that still has the top score in the National Hockey League, and in my eyes, the MVP of the National Hockey League playing for it, and Leon Dreisettle was sensational on this road trip, and the Oilers come back with a much-deserved four points. And looking very good, like they'll be in first place all alone in about half an hour, as with eight and a half minutes left in Vancouver, the Ducks lead the Canucks 4-1. Rocket, thanks for the call. Joe is up next on the phone line. We have more post-reaction, post-game reaction as well. You can call or text 780-496-0063. Uh, somebody texting in, you think Dave Tippett would be uh, considered for Coach of the Year? I think so. I yep. think some other guys would be as well. But generally, if you 
have a team that improves with you as the coach, same as with Todd McClellan when he was a finalist in his second year with the Oilers. I'm sure Tippett's going to be getting some consideration. Not only improves, but does it with a number of big names out of your lineup. This is a beat-up. And the special teams, yeah, especially the PK. Which is on coaching. So, yeah, no, I think Dave Tippett, if the Oilers make the playoffs, Dave Tippett's name will be there. All right, quick timeout for the news, traffic, and weather. Oilers take it 4-3 in overtime. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Here's a shot, and that missed over the crossbar, and now it's a race for the puck. Dry settle with Ajo back. Jordan is Archibald, centering pass Archibald, Rich and score! Josh Archibald wins the game! Four, three, Edmonton in overtime! It's funny listening to that there, Reed, because the very start of that, that call by, by Jack, he says, and the shot goes over the crossbar. And you said at that moment, you said, that is a terrible shot to take right there. And the puck, you're right, the puck, the, the Carolina guy shot it from a bad angle and he spun it all the way out and all of a sudden it turned into a foot race that Leon Dreisaitl won and turned into a two-on-one goal. Uh, shot selection in overtime is crucial. You can't take a shot that's going to be a breakout for the other team because normally that breakout is an odd man rush. So Archibald, second of the game, ninth of the season, wins it for Edmonton. Great game. We mentioned Ajo was was brilliant for the Hurricanes. Teravainen, Slavin, good. I mean, a lot of players had good games today. The, the Oilers' depth players worked pretty hard for the most part. A couple of frustrating penalties, but they were able to kill them off, and Edmonton wins at 4-3. So a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They give $25 for every Oilers goal all season long to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. Okay, before we go back to the phone lines, we got to bring you the comments from the league's leading scorer. Three more points today. Here's Leon Dry. Title. Uh, all four games he's been he's been gone. He's we've played very solid, uh, you know, all around hockey, and I think that's that shows a lot of character. Um, you know, guys stepping up, guys like Archie, whoever it is, she uh, getting a lot of minutes, uh, and you know they're just filling filling in roles that um, you need that on your team. And um, you know, hats off to those guys. It's not easy going from I don't know what do they play usually. 11, 12 minutes to, to playing close to 20, you know. Uh, so they've done a, an amazing job, and, um, yeah, we're just looking to keep it going. I feel like you guys were getting up and down the ice pretty well considering it's three games and four nights all on the road. It looked like you were. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought we, we had great energy. We had good good juice in our group. Um, obviously, a couple of mistakes, but it happens. It's a good team over there. Um, so they're going to capitalize on chances, but um, I thought we played a very solid game. Well, in the second of half, uh, back-to-backs are usually pretty tough to win. You guys are 6-0. and Like, how? Why? How have you guys? Uh, I think we just, um, you, you know, we don't really try and make that as an excuse, right? We try to take that as a challenge in here, and, and um, you know, we like playing those games where, People might count us out a little bit, but um, you know we're a team that that um, you know kind of shown, wants to show the hockey world that that you know we're a great great group in here. So um, yeah, we've we've played some good hockey. Do you think having two good and, and probably pretty equal goalies helps with that as well? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, they they both go in whenever and they 
they're they're tremendous for us. Uh, you know, they, they pretty much have been all year. They've been winning us games, been keeping us in games. So um, yeah, they've been they've been really good. What do you say about the maturity of this group? You know, you guys give up an early goal, you give up the lead, uh, you take a couple. Like, it doesn't seem nothing seems to bother you guys right now. And yeah, it's just, it's still a process. Um, something that we you know we wanted to do a lot better this year uh, compared to the. Uh, years past and um, yeah, we've been doing a good job of that. You know, we just play our game no matter what what the situation is, what the score is, uh, what time of the game. So just try and play our game and, and play it for 60. All right, that's Leon Dreisaitl. Three more points today, a goal and two assists. Oilers beat the Hurricanes 4-3 in overtime. We will check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Well, Rob, I'm going to call it the Oilers will be in first place in the Pacific Division as the Ducks are up 5-1 on Vancouver with three and a half minutes to go. And it, that's huge for two reasons. One, obviously you want to win your division, get some home, home games to start the playoffs. And two, the win today just pushed a couple other teams a little bit further behind in the wild card race. So you're, the Oilers right now, instead of allowing teams to creep closer with Connor McDavid out of the lineup, they have pushed some other teams to the point where there's probably two or three teams now that have no chance of catching Edmonton when it comes to the standings. The Bruins beat the Rangers 3-1. The Blues and Predators tied 1-1 after two. Late in the second, Stars and Senators tied at two. Also late in the second period, New Jersey up 3-2 on the Blue Jackets. No score in the first between the Maple Leafs and the Sabres. Chicago and Winnipeg will face off in an hour. And earlier today, the Penguins hammer Detroit 5-1. Detroit now 14-43-4. and on the season. 780-496-0063. We have Paul on the line. Go ahead, Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi hey, go ahead. Hello. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I'm calling from the Bakersfield area. Oh, cool. Yeah, I um, I just wanted to mention that um, I go to the games, watched uh, Kyler Yamamoto and Tyler, and... Uh, Last little while, maybe the last year or so, I'm going to the games. Um, I'm really impressed with the compete level that Jay Woodcroft gets into these guys. I mean, they just, I love watching the Yamamoto's compete level, Benson's compete level, even Kobe, you know, Cave's compete level as well. And they're just, um, they're really, really good farm system. Came from San Diego and I watched the, the Gulf and, uh, how the Ducks had their farm system working, and I just think that uh, it's really impressive what's going on down here um, and the farm pipeline, if you will. Um, I also wanted to just compliment. I really love listening to Rob and his insight to the games. I wanted to um, ask him about his experiences as far as when he was with the Penguins and such, when when a star was down, when a galvanizing team force, you know, team-building thing that can be. And, uh, man, Oilers are looking pretty good right now, especially the goaltending, too. One other quick question. Do um, you think this was a master plan when Holland and Tippett got together and said, hey, what do we really need to help this team? And it was getting the puck out of our own end. So who's better than that than the best puck-moving goaltender in the NHL, right? <laughs> well, I, I think they, they realized... Uh, I'll put you on hold here, Paul, so you can listen. I think they realized that was 
a bonus strength Smith had, but but I think they mostly just wanted him to stop the puck and and keep it out. But but Paul asked you a little bit about your experience uh, playing when a star goes down, Rob. Well, there's a lot of players that are in a shadow of a star, and obviously, anytime the the Oilers go anywhere, it, it's it's all about Connor McDavid, and rightfully so. But players, when it, when a guy gets hurt, when a superstar gets hurt. They also want to show what they're capable of doing. Sometimes they're overlooked. Sometimes they're forgotten. They're like, all right, here's my chance. I know we're a better team with Connor in the lineup, but right now I'm going to get to do things that I haven't had a chance to do this year. I'm going to get some ice time on the power play. I'm going to play four on four. I'm going to go from seven minutes to 12 minutes. I'm going to show that I am a good hockey player in this league, and I'm capable of helping this team win. So, yes, when a star goes down, there are certain players that step up because it's their chance to be noticed. And a number of players are being noticed right now. And with Mike Smith, I think when they brought him in, they needed another goaltender with Koskinen. I think there was uncertainties mm-hmm. whether Koskinen could be a starter in this league. But I think when they picked him and brought him in here, I think one of the things that Dave Tippett loved about him was the fact that he has swagger. And I think this team needed a little swagger. They needed a loud voice. And a couple of the players they brought in, Anil and a Smith are loud voices in a dressing room that was normally quiet, and now this team plays with swagger. Yeah, and I think I mean, Paul brought up the word, you know, master plan. Hey, you know, I mean, we're it's it's not even year one done of 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 Ken Holland, and not everything he's done has has worked out. And with no GM, it is. But I, I think he said we we need better goaltending, and we need better special teams. And if there was support scoring along the way. And that's still been an issue at some times this year. I mean, mm-hmm. we, I think we got to be honest about the, the strengths and weaknesses of the team despite this good run. Um, so, you know, you try to get, you get, you bring in Granlund, you bring in Shane, and you bring in Archibald. There were other signings, you know, like Yurcho, who was that Russian guy, Bertasov, that was here for like <laughs> yeah. a week. I mean, you know, he, he's, he's signing other guys, but, you know, okay, Granlund you know, did fine today, but he hasn't been able to stick around. But Shane and Archibald, again, and Archibald's huge game today, they, to me, they have led the turnaround on the PK. I agree. And the the thing that you like, whenever you bring someone else in, it's a gamble. I mean, everything's a little bit of a gamble. Sure. But when you're gambling, it's you, the, the others in Ken Holland, gambling with small amounts. So if it's a mistake is made, okay, we can bury a million-dollar contract. We can bury an $850,000 contract. We're not giving up anything to get these players. So when mistakes happen, limit the damage of the mistake or limit the damage of the signing if it doesn't work out. And I think that's what he's done. The 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 Shan and Archibald have been great signings. The, the Granlin one, not as good, but it doesn't hurt the others because it's a small contract. I believe it's a one-year contract, and you can bury that and not affect your team. And if you're calling somebody up when you're in a crunch, you're calling up a guy with a few hundred games experience. Not mm-hmm. And nothing against these guys, but Joe Gambardella or Josh Curry and saying, hey, do something you've never done before in the NHL. Granlin knew what he was expected of him tonight. Yeah, and you're bringing up a guy that wants to has been in the NHL, he feels he's an NHL player, and he's got an expiring contract. So when you bring him up from the minors, he's playing for another contract, and that's cool right there too. So Holland, not everything has worked out, but the mistakes are very small, and the positives have been huge. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. We have Joe on line one. Joe, you're going to be our finish the play guy today, but first, give us your thought or your question. Well, first of all... Um Growing up, I was a big fan of Mark Messier, and I'm starting to see a lot of those qualities in Drysaddle. So it's pretty exciting because, uh, you know, even when the Oilers are up and they're down, Drysaddle seems to step up and be that leader 
the Oilers need when uh, McDavid's not around. And I, I think that's going to play a big role from here going on with them continuing to move up in the standings. No, you're absolutely right. And it's kind of fun. We, we are part of an organization and we are part of a, a fan base that is watching a superstar in Connor McDavid from infancy all the way up. And we're getting to watch his career. But we're also getting to do the same thing with Leon Draisaitl. I mean, the expectations for Leon was to be a good hockey player in the NHL. I'm not sure the expectations where he'd be in the MVP race, where he would be leading the National Hockey League in scoring. So to be able to watch both these players from the beginning and see the ups and downs and how they have this trajectory going straight up to the top is a lot of fun for us. And right now, Leon is taking it to another level because there were there were doubters. There was people that weren't... I mean, we still get, on our, on our show, we get people calling that doubt Leon Dreisaitl. He's winning the scoring title by what now, 13 points or something like that? So Leon Dreisaitl is, uh, the leadership he's shown over the last four games has been huge, and that's huge for the Oilers going forward. Joe, you already have up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as five ninety-eight per day with the promo code CHED. Here's finish the play. And here's the lead pass from Kleppbaum to Dreisaitl. Edmonton right to left. Dreisaitl over the line. What time are Yamamoto? Yamamoto shot in overtime. Goal or no goal? No goal. And here's the lead pass from Kleppbaum to Dreisaitl. Edmonton right to left. Dreisaitl over the line. What time are Yamamoto redirected out of play by Aho? Yamamoto trying to fire away in overtime. He shoots the puck quick, another thing mm-hmm. he does well. Joe gets that one right. It was Archibald who scored the winner. Your name goes into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Valued at 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. A couple of interesting things based on calls we've had. Mm-hmm. Jay Woodcroft is coaching in Bakersfield Condors. His coaching mentor, if you were to pick one, would be Todd McClellan. Yep, absolutely. And... Do you remember the Todd McClellan clips when Leon was a little younger, three or four years ago, and Todd saying, I told Leon, you can be the star. Don't wait for Connor to do it. You you can be the guy that has a three-point night. Don't don't wait for Connor to do it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's not with the organization anymore. You, you nor I never thought Todd was a bad coach. Some fans did. That's that's fine. But th- there's still a little uh, lingering impact, I think, of, of Todd McClellan here. Well, well I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the players that are coming up from Bakersfield are prepared. And I think over the last number of years, there were players, and part of it was the players weren't good enough, but maybe they, they weren't prepared the, in the way that they needed to be prepared to come to the National Hockey League. There are teams that try to win in the minors at all costs, and there's teams that try to win and uh, develop in the minors. I think we're seeing that with Bakersfield right now with Woodcroft. And yeah, I do remember, I remember listening to Todd McCullough talking about the fact that, you know, Leon, you can, be the best. you can be the best player in the game tonight. You don't need to be the second best player because Connor's out there. And you've seen that he's got a quiet confidence, Leon Dreisaitl. And when they ask, I mean, you're going to start sending your own line, play, he goes, wherever they want to play, I'm, I'm good center. I can do my own line. I can play wherever you want me to play. And I feel that I can contribute. And right now, he is, uh, I mean, I, there are some great players in the NHL, but I'm not sure any is playing better than Leon Dreisaitl has played over the last little while. 4-3 overtime win for the Oilers against the Carolina Hurricanes. We will get to Jamie on the phone lines. we got to call a quick timeout. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Live. 
Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, hope you're having a good long weekend. Two wins for the Oilers yesterday against the Panthers. Today, 4-3 in overtime against Carolina. Two goals for Archibald, including the winner, Dreisaitl and Yamamoto, also scored. We have Jamie on line three. Jamie, you're on with Robin Reed. Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to talk about, uh, I think, Larson and Clefbaum, and really the whole defensive core needs to get a lot of credit here. Yeah, pretty much since, like, the Arizona loss and the San Jose loss, they, I just find they're they're moving the puck quickly, and a lot of times it's with Smith, just quick outs and really being quick on moving it Here's forward only. And that missed over. And... Uh, and I just want to say, and, you know, I heard David, David Staples the other night on the radio saying they should think about uh, moving Larson. But I really think it, in some in some ways he's a great leader for this defensive core, even though he might not have the goals. But he really does know how to defend at another level than some of those younger guys. And I think they should just leave the defense core alone and just uh, just go with what they have here. I think if there's a, a significant trade for the Edmonton Oilers, it happens around the draft. Yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade. I, we've had callers calling about trading Russell. We've had callers call about trading Larson. The problem right now, if you trade either one of them, the first injury come playoff time, you're putting Lagason in the lineup. Or He's not, Brandon Manning. Or Brandon, or, neither one are capable of playing at the National Hockey League level at this time. Larson, Larson is a playoff-type defenseman. You don't trade him. If you want to move out contracts, you do it at the deadline. Or excuse me, you do it at the, at the draft in the summer. I would not trade any defenseman that the Oilers have in their top six or seven right now uh, bef- at the deadline. You need depth. A playoff run is two months long. You need depth, and your depth players of a, a Manning and a Lagason aren't going to get you through. Canucks have lost, so the Oilers first in the Pacific Division, same number of games played as Vancouver. Oilers 70 points, Vancouver 69. Archibald, the game winner, scored two today. Here he is. I think we're just trying to stay even keel. Uh, you know, this is our third game in, what, three and a half days, so I think we're just trying to play simple, play solid, and, uh, you know, when we went down, we battled back, and, uh, you know, we came out on top tonight, which was good. Like that third period, you know, you kill off two offensive zone penalties, and it looks like you get out, and then they end up just scoring a tying goal, but you guys, how do you kind of not let that really affect you? Yeah, you know, when we killed those two penalties, you know, I thought we were looking good, we were playing hard, uh, we were playing smart. Um, unfortunately, you know, just a small breakdown, uh, you know, something we can fix for next game, but uh, we battled back, and it was a good win in overtime. Give me your thought on the overtime goal. Describe it for us. Well, I mean, when Smitty makes saves like that, you gotta, you gotta come back for him and do something in the other end. So, you know, he held us in it, and Drat and I got a two-on-one, and I saw that guy going straight to Drat. And I mean, 99 out of 100 times, he's gonna get that puck to you. So you just gotta be ready. And I was lucky enough to put it in tonight. And the first goal, the pass from Benson, that was a pretty nice, pretty nice pass for him. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a playmaker. That's why he's here, and he's good at it. So it was a it was a great feed, and uh, was just put it home. You guys have won three or four without Connor in the lineup, and I guess is you know you were talking about trying everyone kind of stepping up and and doing a bit more. Do you feel you're doing that right now? Yeah, I think so. Everybody's doing their job right now. Um, you know, Leon's been putting the back on his or putting the team on his back right now and been playing unbelievable for us. That whole line has. So you know, we're just keeping the puck out of our net and scoring more goals in there and uh, keeping things simple right now. All right, Archibald, the OT hero. Oilers win at four three. Norm, thanks for calling. We are a little tight up against the clock, Norm, but. Uh, Fire away. You got about 45 seconds. Okay, I'll make it quick. So, what I want to know is 
If the Oilers finish second, Flames finish third, they play each other in first-round playoffs. If the Oilers finish first, where would the Flames have to finish for them to play them in the first round? Well, assuming the Oilers, assuming the central winner had more points than the Oilers, then the Flames would have to be the better of the two wildcard teams because the the top division seed gets the worst of the two wildcard teams. Okay. That answers the first question. So the second question is, so last game of the year is against Calgary. We go on, we play Calgary in the playoffs. We have, we have a 4-5-6 game. Why not have a first game next year, the Heritage Classic, whatever it is, against Calgary? Would that not make for an unbelievable summer waiting to play that game? Well, yeah, that would be fun. We'll see if that happens. Thanks, Norm. Thanks. All right, Rob. Well, 2-1 and one on the road trip. Boston's next on Wednesday. Well, I mean, this team is flying high right now, confidence-wise. They're excited. You could hear it in their voices after the games. Uh, it doesn't get any easier, but the one thing that this Oiler team has done with the injuries to all their players, with Connor being out, they've proven they can win against good hockey clubs. They come back confident to play a good Boston team, and the biggest thing, they've opened up a little space between them and the non-playoff teams. Oilers take it 4-3 in overtime. Get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this afternoon. Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line is courtesy Heartland Ford. Boston on Wednesday, 5 o'clock face-off show game at 6.30 here on 6.30 Chat. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great family day. Thank you so much for listening. Here's a shot, and that missed over the crossbar, and now it's a race for the puck. Dry settle with Ajo back. Jordan is Archibald. Centering pass, Archibald. Rich and score! Josh Archibald wins the game! 4-3 Edmonton in overtime! 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.